rescue op. Save the dinosaurs from an island that's about to explode. What could go wrong? Jurassic World, one minute at a time. I'm Brad. And I'm Dave. And here we are back to discuss Minute 33 of Fallen Kingdom. Before we get to that, David, heading over to Jurassic-Pedia.com, we come across an explorer in this minute, and uh, I thought it was time, finally, to go and have a look at the Explorer article on Pedia. The 1992 Ford Explorer XLT series. Mm. One, of, one of those iconic vehicles uh, in movies ever, movie history, and... Uh, <laughs> Here we get it back to the franchise, sort of. Not quite the same, but <laughs> back anyway. Yeah, here we're back in the car again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I thought this article that we had for it was bigger than this. We're going to have to extend this. It is possible I've linked to the wrong... This might be just an article on the actual Ford Explorer, not its role in the, the, the franchise. No, but, I uh, think this is the right article. Yeah. Well, this is all to come up when I top two a car, so <laughs> or Ford Explorer. So, anyway, look for it to be expanded sometime in the future. We're going to such an iconic car, and uh, we're going to get to talk a little bit more about it uh, in this upcoming minute. Uh, oh, I remember now. Yep. The modified Ford Explorer that the electric Ford Explorer from the Lost World novel is the one that I extended. That's why I thought it was bigger. Oh, because I've seen it. I've seen it there in the novel canon. Yeah, we're gonna have to extend the movie version. <laughs> There's a bit of bit of that stuff there. Wheatley, I'm on fresh sign. Wait for my signal. Dave, we're in again in minute thirty-three. Yep. All right, minute thirty-three. Falking opens with Owen expecting a footprint and ends with Owen and Blue facing each other in a clearing. As we open on minute 33, Owen is kneeling down by Blue's footprint, expecting it. Uh, then he slowly raises his radio and tells Wheatley, he's on fresh sign, wait for my signal. Which is either a good thing because he's letting them know Blue's near him and not near them. Or also a bad thing because now Wheatley knows exactly where he and <laughs> Blue are. And we're going to get that in a minute with the uh, the confrontation. That's also where he's telling Wheatley... Uh, this because they'd be all be back at the trucks with their tablets, <laughs> seeing these dots dance around each other uh, with the tracking system. But Alan pushes through some some of that tall elephant grass and emerges in an open space below the jungle canopy. It's about here. I'd imagine him looking around would come across the Stegozilla. Uh, we mentioned it briefly last minute. Uh, I did try and find a PDF article on that too, but it's part of uh, another. Stegosaur article, which we'll talk about next minute. But Dave Stegozilla, 50 feet Stegosaurus. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the Stegosaurus in the Lost World were already supersized. These things become monstrously big. Like, I think 50 feet tall, not even mentioning how long it is. Oh, okay. And it's just... I'm glad they cut it because it's we didn't need something that big. It it's just kind of almost like bordering on, almost like B movie level. It's nudging that that Skull Island sort of the Lost yeah. World, where you don't just have 
prehistoric animals, but now they're supersized or different in some way. But um, yeah, there is a there is a photo on that uh, Peter article, and I, I think I've got some photos from behind the scenes too that Stan Win- uh, not Stan Winston's the uh, I think it was still Legacy Effects that done the stuff for Fallen Kingdom, wasn't it? They've got photos of the uh, that big prop getting made, six foot tall plates on its back, and the the crew <laughs> standing next to these plates. It just it's shockingly massive. I can't remember. I want to say it was Neil something or other, the guy that did the uh, effects for the Mandalorian. Oh, okay. Either way, we've got we've got the photos, so I'll throw them up on socials. But that because um, that that started, we're already gonna bring up the location here with the explorer. But Blue being able to drag or bring down this massive stegosaur by herself and get interestingly, it originally she wasn't by herself. Originally, she had a mate. In the in the and it, it was actually much more of a nest structure. It wasn't here. It kind of doesn't even express that it's really much of a nest. It's just she happens to be in this area, and Wheatley with ulterior motives sneaks up without, um, without Owen knowing about it. But originally, the original concept was this was like a, like you said, it was a nest, and there was kind of a lost world bit of a tone with carcasses strewn all over the place one of them being the stegozilla mm-hmm. and um another one and in some of the concept art there was like an actual nest like blue had woven some sticks together into creating like a kind of a actual nest structure and she would have had a mate called green that was pretty much all but cut the only really reference we have left of green is with the um, toys where we got a green Velociraptor figure for the Fallen Kingdom line. And it was kind of strange because it was like random. They kept the toy but didn't <laughs> keep the raptor. Yeah. It might have uh, changed some plot points that happened in Dominion 2 if it was at this point where Blue fell pregnant or whatever before she was taken off the island but yeah it's it is it is sort of mentioned in the novelization that there are bones and stuff laying around everywhere but in the film here Owen just walking in seeing the explorer on the ground it, it doesn't it doesn't say nest at all it just this is the area that Blue they've tracked Blue to at this point in time and how convenient! Here's a upside down Ford Explorer Zero Four from 1993 <laughs> that we're going to find as well. Uh, we get a couple of shots of it. Um, unfortunately, we've seen it on the map, not really remotely close to where the Trinosaur Paddock was on Nubla. Uh, the location being completely different. This is all the, all the same things we sort of talked about with the Visitor Center last movie. It's just it's a shame if you're going to do these Easter eggs. At least do them right. Uh, the tyres were changed on it before filming. We've seen it on the back of that uh, uh, that military transport truck getting dragged around uh, one of the Wine Islands. It had the, the proper BF Goodrich tyres on it. Now they've changed <laughs> uh, tyres on it that the T-Rex chewed off. Just little things like that. That um, It's a shame. <laughs> it's a shame you miss these Easter eggs up. 
Yeah, it is. And it's kind of interesting because, in a way, it almost mirrors back to the... I remember the poster released for Jurassic World where Mm. there was a raptor next to Explorer 4 with eggs in it. And I think everybody kind of assumed that's what we were going to get here when they saw and heard about the Explorer being in this movie. And in a way, it's almost kind of just a wasted cameo because one, it doesn't belong here where it is. And B, it's kind of wasted being kind of just there, but not really there, you know? Yeah. Yeah, well, talking about that artwork, it come out, I think it came out San Diego Comic Con the, the year before Jurassic World coming out, that poster. And it had the building of Jurassic Park in it, so I always assumed here comes this explorer in this nest, we're going to see a flashback or the inciting incident's going to be something that happened back while the park was being built and here we got wild raptors. <laughs> Unfortunately, none of that none of that happened. But Yeah, and we, we've talked, talked about uh, the whole operation cleaning up Nublar, getting rid of park assets across the franchise. Um, whether this car was on the back of a truck to be shipped to the dock or something and something happened and it fell off the truck or <laughs> well, I suppose at the end of the day it's all these little mental gymnastics we're trying to make make these things fit and for our own sakes yeah. anyway <laughs> <laughs> yeah even even as Owen approaches we get the the shot uh, sort of like a little rack focus through the mirror with objects in mirror close and they appear which was a gag from the jeep chase it didn't have anything to do with the explorers so again <laughs> that that should have been a gag when um when gray's looking at the trinodons through the revision mirror of the jeep or something in the last movie just or even like a shot in um of when wheatley and his crew are escaping the volcano with blue they look at back at the at the volcano spewing out lava mm. bombs yeah yeah it doesn't i don't even know if a 92 ford explorer even had that on the mirror <laughs> we know this, this i'm sure it did yeah I mean, it was a pretty standard part of a mirror back then yeah i, I over here i don't remember seeing any of that on cars until probably well into the 2000s really yeah yeah anyway <laughs> um as Owen, uh, even even sort of here, we know the volcano's going off. Even as those puddles of water with the impact Herman's um, in them, just it's a volcano doing it, not necessarily the T-Rex coming. Would have been more of a callback to have next to the Explorer here. But uh, Owen slowly approaches the car, and uh, the bushes above the Explorer shake comedically. Uh, there's clearly not enough room in this vehicle for Blue to be hiding in, so I don't even know why he's focusing so much, if it's just the, the bushes rustling behind it or... Because um, he focuses a lot on it and doesn't sort of keep checking his surroundings. <laughs> when you're going in after a Velociraptor, you'd be head on a swivel, <laughs> looking everywhere. Mm. Um, but then some compies scurry out of the open doors, uh, scaring him and... I suppose a little jump scare like that. There would have been some audience members that got a bit scared as well. A, a fun little moment here with the compies. Um, and it sort of doesn't really let you take a breath because she jumps out of the um, 
out of the jungle onto the explorer here as he's got his head turned and uh, and screeches at him. Um, and of course, Blue's first reaction is to raise his hand and say, "Hey, girl, did you miss me?" <laughs> because, <laughs> uh, as we know from Dominion, uh, Blue has picked up the ability to speak or listen to English. <laughs> um, hey, girl, you're looking fine in this jungle. <laughs> <laughs> well fed. She, she's had some animals to chew on. <laughs> that is one thing that they really don't do is show. Because, I mean, yeah, Blue has been kind of pampered most of her life. And you would think that, I mean, even though the instinct to hunt is there, she doesn't really have the skill. And that's, I mean, like pretty much with most animals, like even like lions, cheetahs, most large apex animals, they have to teach their young how to properly hunt. Because even though the desire to hunt is instinctual, the actual skill to do so is not. And so it would be interesting to see her a little malnutritioned uh, in this, but she's not. She's kind of just normal blue, you mm. know? Well, we get a whole whole section of that in the Lost World novel with Sarah talking about the, the raptors and that. They, mm -hmm. Because they're made in a lab, yes, they've got sort of the, inks, the hunting instinct, but they haven't got the, the, the family bonding, all that sort of stuff. They're just... Mm -hmm. um, I don't know how to put it. <laughs> they don't have the... She's right, though. They don't have the coordination. The nurturing to, I mean, habits they, and stuff. They have enough coordination to take it down as a pack, but not enough coordination to really act like a pack. You yeah, know? yeah. Once they actually have the meal down on the ground, it becomes a free-for-all. Yeah, and there's, that's... A, that's Yeah, because there's very few infants... Um, mm -hmm. Most animal raptor populations older because it's sort of survival of the fittest. There's no, there's no stepping back and letting the infants eat first, and then the parents eating like you would with lions and that sort of thing. It's sort of mm -hmm. just ravage. <laughs> yeah. So. Um, and I think even one of the raptors becomes cannibalized in the feeding frenzy. Yeah, it, like get, it gets ones. it gets injured, and um, yeah. they go after it as well. So, I I remember something. Someone said something about the Rex too, that same sort of, here you have this essentially a zoo animal that's been looked after, vet, all that sort of stuff, all its mm -hmm. life. Um, then once the park fell, uh, sort of getting tooth decay in that back, um, not having, having sort of all the vitamins and stuff, and then all of a sudden not having any of that purified water to drink, all that sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And how, how sick she would have got at times um, in that. Well, form. they do mention this in um, in the I think it was the DPG uh, articles, the Dinosaur Protection Group articles, that when she was recaptured after those, I think it was like seven or eight years that she was wild, hmm. that she had like tooth rot and she had uh, mites under her scales and um, it was just and she was malnutrition. She had a bunch of busted teeth because she she kept trying to hunt the brachiosaurs that were obviously <laughs> way out of her league. <laughs> <laughs> and um, then I believe in Jurassic World, it came out that the I think Trevorrow said that they specifically made her skinnier. To show that she was older and couldn't, and when she was wild, couldn't hunt as well. Yeah. 
Yeah. Oh, that's right. I didn't imagine it then. <laughs> uh, but yeah, as as we get blue here, sort of alone on the island for three, uh, four years without uh, anyone sort of feeding her. If she's eating rats, she's got to catch them herself and that sort of thing. So, well, I wonder if she found where the pigs were being kept. <laughs> <laughs> But the, the CG model looks looks all right here. That she isn't sort of as emaciated as what poor old Rexy was in Jurassic World. Yeah, um, she's obviously been surviving a bit better. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because if you look at the behind the scenes for how this the scene was shot, it's like it, it's the same thing they did with Jurassic World, where it's a guy with motion capture with a raptor helmet on, and it's funny looking at the behind the scene photos because it's literally Owen reaching for a um guys for a guy's face with the retro <laughs> <laughs> you do have to give Chris Pratt testament for his acting ability there mm. yeah I imagine especially when he's a bit of a comedic actor as well just having to have an act against that which I suppose he would have had to do that all through Guardians and that as well and the Marvel stuff just mm. all the uh, all this visual effects stuff they had to do there but um but uh, Owen slowly walks backwards as Blue jumps down off the Explorer, snapping at him. And uh, as the minute ends, we have uh, Owen and Blue reunited, staring at each other, uh, facing off in this uh, in this clearing. Um, we're going to get some fun next minute with him trying to uh, give it a treat, her <laughs> ignoring it. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and then Wheatley's team's going to be on site. Um, anything else on that before we get to novel comparisons? Uh, no, I think we're good. Radio. Uh, Owen checked his tablet and seen Blue was close. He put it in Z's backpack and told the others uh, he's going on alone. Uh, in the novel, everyone got out of the trucks and started walking through the jungle together. Uh, Wheatley doesn't mind the move. He'd lost two men to Blue and didn't want to be the third. So, again, just more callbacks to the issues Wheatley's had trying to track this raptor, and mm-hmm. we just don't get that in the movie, which is a shame. We cut back to the bunker here as uh, Franklin's OCD is making him try and fix the flickering light globes, but they only short out and shatter, scaring him. So, uh, little callback to the bunker there. Um, Owen's tablet beeps. Oh, no, Franklin's tablet beeps. Um, Owen and Blue were uh, so close that the proximity warning was going off, so Franklin can see that the two of them are real close, even though uh, Owen's sort of looking around at this rustling bush. Uh, back with Owen, he follows a small stream until he comes to a heavily used path in the jungle. He follows it to the base of a rocky ridge and sees a gnarled old tree with a rusted Jurassic Park vehicle laying against its exposed roots. Uh, bones lay all around the abandoned vehicle. Something was living here, something that hunts. So in the novel, it's sort of a more, assume more that it's a nest. Blue's using mm-hmm. the same track to go down to the water source to drink. And this is actually where she's uh, called home. But we discussed it's not really a case in the movie. Um, but the rest of what is in the novel here for this part is the same as what we see in the film. So, Dave, I think that's it for minute 33. Uh, if there's nothing else to add, we'll get out of you for the week. No, I think we're good.